When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Amy Newmark. Please enjoy this rerun of one of my favorite episodes from last year. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your Chicken Soup for the Soul. And today I'm wrapping up our tour of our January bestseller about miracles and divine intervention. Whether you're religious or not, sometimes things happen that are unexplainable or are fabulous coincidences or mysteriously occur at exactly the right moment. And then we find ourselves describing them as miracles. If you keep your eyes open, you notice them and appreciate them. And you come to expect that a miracle will come along once in a while when you need one. So that was the case for five of the storytellers in Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and Divine Intervention. And I want to share some tips with you that I derived from their tales of good fortune. Our first very cool story is by Anne Oliver, who discovered what I'll call tip number one, that persistence can pay off with even bigger benefits than expected. So the story is that Anne was obsessed with this huge old-fashioned apothecary cabinet she saw at a store when she toured the town that she and her family had just moved to. The cabinet was about 16 feet long by eight feet high. The upper section had shelves covered by glass doors, and the lower section had something like a hundred little drawers. But the cabinet wasn't for sale. In fact, the bulk of the store's inventory was kept in the cabinet. Anne visited that cabinet for the next six years, checking to see if it would ever be available. She kept dreaming about that cabinet too. She knew she was meant to own it, although she couldn't figure out why she was so obsessed with it. Finally, she received an email. The store was remodeling and the cabinet was for sale. She rushed over to seal the deal and the store owner kindly showed her the one issue with the cabinet. A handle was missing from one of the drawers. Suddenly, everything became clear to her. Anne had seen a cabinet just like that when she was a child. It was at a drugstore where she had grown up several hundred miles and several states away. After the owner told her about the handle, she said, I know. If you open that drawer over there and look way in the back, you will find the handle. I broke it off accidentally when I was four years old and I hid it in there more than 50 years ago. So here's another great tip from the book, very relevant to the story we just heard. Happy coincidences happen to all of us. And that's tip number two with another story from Sheila Petnuck Fields. Sheila was a young single mom raising three little boys on a preschool teacher's salary, and she was always short of cash. 
There was no money for extras, but she dreamed of redecorating her dining room. That was where the family celebrated all their milestones and holidays, and the room was this drab beige from the carpeting to the walls. Sheila finally saved enough money to buy a gallon of pale green paint for the walls and some solid green fabric for the chair seats. But what she really wanted was the beautiful green cream and rose fabric she'd seen at a local store. If she had that fabric, she could sew window treatments too, but it was completely unattainable on her budget. Then one day, Sheila's elderly neighbor sent her grandson over with a bag. Every so often, the neighbor would go through a closet and find craft items and leftover art supplies that she thought Sheila might be able to use. When Sheila opened the bag this time, she couldn't believe it because inside were yards and yards of green and cream and rose fabric, almost identical to the one that Sheila had fallen in love with at the store. There was enough fabric for the window treatments, a table runner, and even several pillows for the living room. That was miracle number two. And here's number three from our book. And this one occurred when Lorraine Fertner had a lucky episode. The lesson in her story is that sometimes you should go with your gut when you have that lucky feeling. Lorraine says that sometimes you feel so lucky that it's like you have confidence on steroids. That's how she felt one afternoon when she had a gut feeling that she should take a chance. Her husband had been laid off and his unemployment check was only replacing a quarter of his previous earnings. They only had a few hundred dollars left in their checking account. She went to Kroger and learned the store was having a drawing for $100 in free groceries as part of a joint event with the University of Tennessee, which was having a pep rally there for the football team. Lorraine called her husband and said there was a deal on pizza and he should join her there. She had registered to win the $100 in groceries and she had a very strong feeling she would win, but you needed to be present when your name was called. And that's why her husband should come and join her for pizza that night. He reluctantly joined her, but as the night wore on, he became impatient and wanted to leave. Lorraine reiterated that she felt lucky. But then when the winner of the $100 Kroger card was finally announced, it wasn't her. Her husband gave her a sympathetic smile, but then there was one final winner announced, the recipient of two tickets for the UT football game. Lorraine won those and immediately sold them for $100 to a couple who were looking for tickets to the sold out game. Our final two tips today from our book about miracles and divine intervention have to do with some very strange after-death communications. Our fourth tip today is that help can show up in the most miraculous ways. And our story is from firefighter and paramedic Bill Hess, who'd been a first responder for many years, but had never had a day like the one he shared with us in this book. Bill and his partner picked up an elderly woman who was having a heart attack, and they were transporting her to the hospital when they were hit by another elderly woman who drove through an intersection and right into their rig. Bill wasn't injured, but he was trapped in the back of the crushed ambulance lying across his patient. While their rescuers were working to cut them out, he kept reassuring her and she in turn reassured him that she was okay and that it was not his fault. 
As she was being removed from the ambulance, Bill wished her well, and she smiled and said, please make sure you are okay. I'm heading home. I'll be okay. Later that day, when Bill was released from the hospital and went back to work, he asked how the old lady was doing. His boss looked perplexed and asked if he was truly okay, noting that the old lady had died on impact in the accident, according to the coroner. She had been dead when she had been removed from the ambulance, even though Bill was still talking to her at that time and wishing her a speedy recovery. It remains a mystery for Bill to this day. Now, our final tip is to look for signs from the people you've lost. And our storyteller extraordinaire, Mark Rickerby, shares that he wasn't sure exactly what he was looking for one day when he was mourning his brother who died at age 37. On days when his grief for his brother was particularly bad, he would just get in his car and drive. And that's why that day he found himself driving all the way from Los Angeles to Death Valley because that's where his family had gone on vacations during his childhood. When Mark pulled into the Calico Ghost Town, which was one of their favorite stops, it was locked up tight. But a security guard who was very kind let Mark in anyway, and as he wandered around the abandoned town, he recalled the fun he had there with his brother. And then as he was leaving, feeling, as he says, pretty dumb for thinking that grief could be alleviated by going to Death Valley in a ghost town, a peacock walked across his path. It stopped and stared at him, and then it walked back into the town, turning to make sure that Mark was following it and even screeching at him when he wasn't. That peacock led Mark into the outdoor theater, walked up the stairs to the center of the stage, turned and faced Mark, and fanned out its magnificent feathers. And then, after a minute or so, it walked off the stage, its job done. Somehow, Mark had made a connection with his brother that day, and he reports having similar experiences after his father died. He says, At times when my pain was deepest, I found that incredible and unexplainable events would occur. Events I could write off as imagination or interpret as a sign or message. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Make sure you subscribe on Apple or Google or wherever you like to get your podcasts. That way, each new episode will automatically turn up in your phone. If you'd like to learn more about Chicken Soup for the Soul, Miracles and Divine Intervention, you can find it on our website, chickensoup.com, by clicking the podcast button and looking at our featured books. And you can pick up a copy for yourself or as a lovely gift at Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, your local independent bookstore, Target, Walmart, Amazon, and wherever else books are sold. Come back for our next episode to hear a couple of stories from my own life about going up against male chauvinism. One story in which I forced a tennis club to change the rules that restricted the courts to men on weekends. And another story in which no matter what I did on Wall Street, I couldn't escape being given flowers instead of real compensation. (laughs) 